the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 18th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. I hope you had a great Easter weekend. We did. Church and family and food and all kinds of stuff. Thanks for joining me this morning. Let's take a look back at history for a moment, then we'll look at what's happening today in our world. Today, on April 18, 1775, Paul Revere began his famous ride from Charleston to Lexington, Massachusetts, warning colonists that the British regular troops were approaching. He said, I'll keep you posted. Famous. One of my favorite poets, probably my personal favorite poet of all time, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, for a whole lot of reasons. One, I love what he write, what he wrote, but I also was greatly moved by what he believed. He was a great uh, supporter of, of Abraham Lincoln and and the abolition of slavery and all kinds of things that I deeply believe in myself. But anyway, he wrote the famous poem, as you know, uh, about Paul Revere's ride, Listen, my children, and you shall hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Well, that was today, April 18, 1775. Today, in 1865, Confederate General Joseph Johnson surrendered to Union Major General Sherman, William T. Sherman, uh, near Durham Station in North Carolina. That was his 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 march to the south, uh, Sherman, and destroying everything in his path, I might add, including Atlanta. Today, in 1906, a devastating earthquake struck San Francisco. It was followed by raging fires. It's historic. It's often mentioned. That was today in 1906. The estimates of the final death toll were, they didn't know how many, but they it ranged between 3,000 and 6,000 people. Today in 1923, the first game was played at the original Yankee Stadium in New York. The Yankees defeated the Boston Red Sox 4-1. Today in 1955, Albert Einstein died in Princeton, New Jersey. He was 76 years old. And today in 2019... The final report from special counsel uh, Robert Mueller, remember his Russian investigation and all that? Well, it was made public, and it outlined that it was long and arduous, but it, it didn't really say anything. But it outlined that Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election had happened, but it could not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the—these are his words— conspired or coordinated with the Russian government. And Mueller offered no conclusion on the question of whether the president, Trump, had obstructed justice. Well, the reason that he didn't is because Trump didn't. I'm not defending Trump, but the truth is leaking out slowly. The truth always wins at some point. And sometimes we feel like it isn't going to win, but it does. Truth stands Fiction falls. 
We're learning this morning that five associates of Hillary Clinton and her presidential campaign are invoking their Fifth Amendment rights and refusing to cooperate with Special Counsel John Durham. So while some concluded their very biased investigation, John Durham, and he was given the authority to do so, he has continued. On Friday evening, Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon, this past Friday, he uh, filed a um, he filed some papers with the federal court in Washington D.C. And uh, in that, we learned, and there, we're learning more about this today. The revelation emerged in a motion filed by Durham to oppose the efforts of defendant Michael Sussman and the Clinton campaign to withhold some documents from evidence by asserting attorney-client privilege. We learned this morning that Sussman is charged with lying to the FBI in 2016 when he informed the FBI about a fraudulent link between then-candidate Donald Trump and the Russian government via Alpha Bank. Sussman allegedly presented himself as a concerned citizen, and he hid the fact that he was working for the Clinton campaign. There's much more to it than that. I'm sure we'll be talking more about this as we go forward, but I I noticed one part of it said that they have concluded that the Clinton campaign uh, purposely sent FBI agents on a, these are their words, wild goose chase to get them off the trail of what they had really been doing. The bottom line and what's coming out now, and this this will be in the news. I mean, the media doesn't want to report on this, but it'll it'll get out because it's it's a big enough deal, and I'm sure Hillary is having a little heartburn at this point, and so we'll see if she can use her elitism and her I'm I'm above all you little people out there attitude to get out of this. But the point is that there's been wrongdoing. There certainly have been lying to the FBI and other agencies on the part of her campaign. And it's getting closer and closer, not just to her campaign people that were running her campaign and doing her bidding, but it's getting closer and closer to her. And so I'm not taking joy in that except to say that there was a lot of wrongdoing that went on and a lot of blaming trying to destroy Trump. And they continue to this day. I mean, every single day, Associated Press is out there looking for a story that they can they can twist to make Trump look like something he isn't. He's a very imperfect person, as we all know, but man, they just won't quit. I mean, they never let go. Uh, they'll follow him to his grave, I think. But anyway, this is this is going to take on some legs and some life, as they say. And um, I think Hillary, as I said, probably has a little heartburn today. It's interesting, and we'll keep an eye on this. We'll, we'll be talking more about this as we go forward. But when the people closest to her who were do, doing her bidding are now all claiming the Fifth Amendment, saying, well, no, I, don't, I don't want to incriminate myself. Uh, you know that th- this investigation is starting to get kind of down to some of the last peelings before you can see what's really there. And so we'll, as I said, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll probably be talking about it uh, again in the near future, I would assume, from what I'm reading this morning. Governor Abbott, boy, he's on it. On, I mean, he's really on it. He, uh, he signed an agreement uh, on Friday. It's the fourth agreement that he signed. And uh, it's a memorandum of understanding with Mexican governors. 
They're just across the border from Texas. Texas has a huge border with Mexico, as you know. And uh, Biden isn't doing anything other than just opening the floodgate and standing back and letting it happen. And, I, I mean, it it's hard to believe what's happening if you didn't know it was actually happening. You, you can't imagine that a president of the United States would care so little about the welfare of our country that they would just open the borders. And I mean, thousands and thousands are flooding across the border. And all of the experts that are watching this thing are saying the biggest and the most is yet to come. Uh, this is just the beginning. So anyway, Greg Abbott has been the governor of Texas, been taking steps, and he signed his fourth agreement, Memorandum of Understanding, with other Mexican governors. And what he's doing, he's making agreements with them to help him from the other side. I don't know if they're getting compensation. I don't know what the deal is. But I do know that, that they have these memo a memorandum of understanding. And so they're, what they're, the Mexican governors are doing is they're, keep, they're diverting some of the traffic from going into Texas. Now, are they diverting them into Arizona? I don't know where they're going, but I know that Abbott has been very aggressive in this. And as I said, he signed his fourth mem- memorandum understanding with a Mexican govern- governor on fr- Friday evening. And um, he, sa- he made the statement, uh, Abbott, he said, border governors can achieve results when we work together and put the safety of our constituents first. He said, I am grateful for the partnership of Governor, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name. Anyway, he said, as we work to secure our border, which was the fourth agreement that he's made. Then he said, he told the press this, he said, while President Joe Biden ignores the ongoing crisis at the border, the state of Texas will continue to work with heads of state in Mexico to further strengthen our comprehensive border strategy. And there's more, but that gives you an idea of what's going on there. We'll Obviously, there will be more about that in the coming days as well. So many forces, so many voices, so many things going on in our world. The strongholds, the fiction, the lies, the deception. It's all out there, sometimes on full display. Sometimes you can feel overwhelmed by all of it. I mean, if you just take a look at what's happening in our world today, everything seems to be out of control, and it kind of is except that God is in control. I was reading earlier this morning, I was reading in Proverbs, happened to be reading in Proverbs 18.10. I want to share this verse with you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. That's the bottom line. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ yesterday on what we call Easter, and um, he is alive. And I will tell you, his name is a strong tower, and the righteous have access to that tower because he has paid the price. He has died for your sins and mine, and he has risen. He has risen indeed. Therefore, we can run into that tower. That's a safe place to be. God is in control. He's always in control. You remember Coach Kennedy from Bremerton, Washington? 
Well, he's back in the news again. I want to talk just a little bit about him today, a little bit about his background that you may not have known. But tell you what's happening next Monday, a week from today, the Supreme Court's going to hear his case. Bremerton School District fired him because he prayed. And uh, they tried to make something else and different out of that. But every school district does the same thing. They follow a pattern that's been laid out by the most extreme activists in America, left-wing activists. They're anti-freedom. They're anti-American, really. Separation of church and state and all this. Most of them are funded and run by atheists. Not all atheists, but atheists are the engine that drives all this nonsense. Thomas Jefferson wasn't talking about the interpretation that they have attached to separation of church and state at all. Not at all. He was he was saying the opposite of what how they've made this case, this kind of freedom, or attack on freedom. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But let me take a moment and just encourage you to consider your support of this ministry. We are normally a program like this would probably be uh, sponsored by um, advertisers. And I'm pretty sure we could do, in fact, I know we could get advertisers and open up this program in certain spots within it uh, for advertising. But I just, I'm not going to do that. I, I mean, I know we could because people have contacted me asking if they could advertise in our program. I'm I'm all for advertising. I, I'm a capitalist, a biblical capitalist, like Jesus taught in the parable of the talents. And uh, I'm all in on that. But I just don't think that fits with what we're trying to do. And so we are solely supported by your contributions. And uh, we're not a, like a church, but... Um, I've been a pastor my entire adult life, youth pastor and a music pastor and a real pastor, no, senior pastor and so on. But um, it, it's it's important that you stand with us. We, we've lost some of our, our donors through death, some strong donors this last year, and those things happen. And so I know, th- I know there are those that are listening that, appreciate perhaps support what we're doing but haven't supported financially let me encourage you to do so we need to hear from you particularly some of you in the listening on kpdq in portland and southwest washington salem and so on we are hearing from you and we're we're getting there but we're not meeting budget yet and that's the most expensive station we're on so we need your help and i know you understand and i'm not going to go on and on about this only to say that we need your help and thank you in advance. And to all of you who support this ministry strongly, thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Back in January, Seattle's Fox 13 TV, along with some other TV stations in Seattle, they reported that former Bremerton, Washington football coach Joe Kennedy's case for religious freedom would be heard at some point in the future by the Supreme Court, but it would be this year. That local story became a national story, as many of you know. Next Monday, the 25th, as I said, his case will be heard by the Supreme Court. Well, it's about Joe Kennedy, and it's about getting his job back at Bremerton High School. It's about 
his freedoms, for sure. There's no question about that. It's also about religious freedom in a broader sense. It's about religious freedom in this nation. And this nation was founded by people seeking religious freedom. I know the the lefties and all that, they've made that it was about slavery. We were perpetuating slavery. 1619 and all that nonsense. But it's not. The people that came here were looking for religious freedom. It's well documented. But Coach Kennedy kind of committed the unpardonable sin against the state. And we're becoming something that our founding fathers and our founding people never, ever imagined, including Thomas Jefferson, who is always credited with clarifying the separation, the wall of separation between church and state. After being denied his rights to religious freedom by two courts, Fox 13 TV and other local television stations in the Seattle and the Puget Sound area, they announced in January that the Supreme Court had agreed to hear the case. As I said, it's next Monday, the 25th. Seattle's Fox 13 said this January, former Bremerton High School coach Joe Kennedy's lawyers say the, the religious beliefs of their client, who is Christian, compelled him to give thanks through prayer at the conclusion of each game for what the players accomplished and for the opportunity to be a part of their lives through football. After games had ended and after both teams, players, and coaches met at midfield to shake hands, Kennedy would kneel and offer a silent or a quiet prayer. This is Fox 13, Q13 in Seattle. They continued, Channel 13, his practice evolved, however, students came to join him, and he eventually began a, to give motivational speeches. I haven't found anyone who verified that about the motivational speeches, but it could be true. But I haven't, I looked into that a little bit, and I haven't, I haven't found anybody that, I mean, he said words, he could talk, but he wasn't giving, I mean, and what if he was giving motivational speeches? Anyway, that's what they said. The school district says that what it learned that what Kennedy was doing, it tried to accommodate him. That's not true. They reached out to him and told him to quit. That was the accommodation. And he said no. I mean, that just simply is not true. And it's never true with these school districts. They always try to act like they're trying to work with the parents when they're working behind the scenes to cut the parents out of the loop on all this transgenderism and everything. Well, the same thing it comes to bear with the idea of freedom of religion and religious expression. So they didn't really, really try to accommodate him. They tried to t tell him to stop, and he didn't stop. Or they did tell him, they didn't try, but he didn't stop. I mean, that's the point and the truth of it. But the district says Kennedy ultimately declined their offers to help him and so on. Anyway... His perseverance is born out of some things. You don't see this in the news. He talked to Glenn Beck the other day on Beck's uh, podcast, I think it was. But I picked up some of the some of the content of what they were saying. Uh, let me just share a little bit about it. Uh, this is just from the content of that podcast. I'm crediting where the source is. Coach Joe Kennedy has had a horrible life growing up. From the start, all the odds were against him. His adopted parents abandoned him when he was a boy, 
He had to fend for himself. After high school, he joined the military, and for his 20-year career in the for a 20-year career in the Marine Corps, he was practically an atheist. Then he returned home and became a high school football coach, and everything changed. He became a believer. One night, he put on a movie, Facing the Giants. Uh, end of quote for a moment. Um, you may have seen that. It's a really good movie. It's a Christian-based movie, Facing the Giants. And I, we have a copy of a video copy of it at, at our house. Anyway, I, I continue. Uh, he put on this movie, Facing the Giants, which includes a coach who prays on the 50-yard line. He made a covenant with God to pray after every game. It cost him his job. Now he's facing the Supreme Court to defend his right to quietly pray in public after football games. He just wants his job back and his faith protected. But the outcome of this case will affect the First Amendment rights of teachers and coaches all across America. That's true. And it will answer an important question. Is America still a free country? That's the question. Como's, Seattle's Como TV News has been following Coach Kennedy's case. They reported that Jeremy Dyes, who's special counsel for litigation and communications at First Liberty Institute, who represents Kennedy, Dyes said what they have to answer is one simple thing, whether or not Coach Kennedy violated the Constitution by taking a knee in private prayer by himself for 15 to 30 seconds after a football game. Well, Dyes would know this, but students from both teams did start joining him, who were Christians, and there were a lot of them, over time. But but he didn't recruit them. I mean, he didn't work it out. He says he didn't. I believe him. But according to the school district's legal team, Kennedy was still on duty when he prayed on the field, and his actions put undue pressure on students to join him. That's the case they're going to make before the Supreme Court next Monday. They're going to say because he was a coach, he was putting pressure on them by his practicing his religion, his faith in Jesus Christ, by doing what he felt God has called him to do. I understand that. I'm doing this right now because I feel God has led me to do this radio program. I think most of you know there are certain things in your life, big or small, it doesn't matter, that you feel the Lord has led you to do, and you do that. That's called religious freedom. That's what our founders sailed across the ocean to establish on this new world, this new continent. That's what it was all about. And here's a guy who's just trying to do what he feels the Lord has led him to do. And now they're accusing him of using that as a wedge that, okay, if you don't join the coach in praying, you probably won't be on the team. Well, I'm not a coach, but the guys that have football uniforms on are already on the team. Nobody's made that point, but it occurred to me. But both sides say whatever the court decides, it'll have an impact not only on Bremerton, and I hope and pray that school district gets knocked down over this. I do. Because all across the land, these people are acting unprincipled in public education. They're acting unprincipled in the sense that one letter that costs the price of a stamp, what is that, $3? No, I'm kidding. Price of a stamp and one letter, a lawyer to write it, that's probably, you know, a thousand bucks, but whatever. And then they mail it, they have them on staff. But they mail it out to the school district and the ACLU or whomever says, we will sue you 
If you don't do this, they're going, man, we don't have enough money now. Okay, let's cut off that guy that's praying. That's the way it goes every single time. Every single time. They just default to the, nope, no religious freedom here. You think you want to pray? Not on our property. Not on the state. The state's not going to let you pray now. In fact, they're suggesting, and their argument's going to suggest, that they kind of own him when, while he's there on duty, while he's working. They own him. I thought we abolished that. But that's what they're saying. And that's what they're going to be saying. They're going to, It'll be refined, but that'll be the message. This Reverend Gregory Refner He's with Brownsville United Methodist Church. He says, if the Supreme Court does does side with the Bremerton School District, I think that's one more piece of evidence that Christians no longer dominate this country. And I say this as a Christian clergy person. I think it will be a good thing if the school district wins. Well, I don't, Reverend Refner, and I can only imagine what you preach on Sundays from Brownsville United Methodist Church. Paul Peterson is a parent who he had four of his five kids graduated from Bremerton High School. He said uh, about this, he said, if the court rules in his favor, meaning the coaches, he said, what can happen to our schools? Will it become a religious free-for-all where it's being pushed in the kids' faces? Or who knows? It's really Pandora's box. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, yes, we do, sir. I mean, Paul, <laughs> Paul. They've already indoctrinated your kids that went through there. We do know what's going to happen. They're going to keep taking away religious freedom until there won't be any. I would imagine, I don't know Paul Peterson, but some of you listening to this program may know him because we have a lot of listeners up in that part of the state, I know. We hear from you in Bremerton and Port Orchard and so on. And um, maybe he doesn't realize what's going on and he sees it as Pandora's box. Pandora's box, it's a, it's, a, it's a freedom given to us by God, protected by our Constitution, theoretically. So that's what, I mean, that's what this is all about. Remember uh, U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, uh, Trump appointed her? Well, she's joined the fight for Coach Kennedy. She and her husband are, are billionaires, actually. And uh, she's joined the fight for Coach Kennedy's First Amendment right to silent prayer in this case. I don't know if she knows him personally or not, but she came out publicly here over the weekend. And, and she says it's unbelievable this case even has to be heard by the Supreme Court. If a teacher or coach can't pray silently while em- employed at a public school, what's left in the First Amendment for them? The idea that the separation of church and state is some sort of invitation for the government to forcefully separate people from their faith is appalling. The court has been, uh, she said, the court has been right on on this in the past, and I hope they strongly affirm it again. No one must be forced to shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. So very, very true. You know, this has been a growing phenomena, this resistance to religious freedom, particularly Christians. It started, uh, Kelly Shackerford is the uh, CEO. I don't know him. I've met him. I've had lunch with him, but I don't know him that well. And that was quite a long time ago. But anyway, he's really a smart guy, and he's very committed to freedom and liberty. But uh, he wrote an article for Newsweek here a while back, and I read it. I don't have time to go through it with you today, but it's very interesting. If you go to faithandfreedom.us, our website, you'll see some of the things I've been talking about today and more. I wrote an article about this today, and I included 
what Shackleford was talking about in his Newsweek um, story. And so I would encourage you just to read that. But for for 100 years, we didn't even have these kind of cases. Now, here they come, and they're marching, you know, trying to destroy the religious freedom that our nation was founded on. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.